podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone, welcome back to part two of episode one of the We Are West Ham Nostalgia series. I'm Will Pugh from We Are West Ham, myself and regular We Are West Ham quizmaster Reese Baylist decided some time ago that we wanted to bring something a little bit different to the We Are West Ham listeners. As I'm sure plenty of you West Ham fans do, Reese and I have spent many an hour over a pint reminiscing about old games we've been to, memorable seasons we remember, be they good or bad, mostly bad to be honest, and most enjoyably for us, our favourite random old and usually terrible players that have turned out in the Claret and Blue. It was a no-brainer for Reese and I when deciding which season to kick off with for the first episode in the Nostalgia series. We, of course, went with the last season at Upton Park. So if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you've already listened to part one, which we released last Saturday, the 11th of January. But if you haven't, do go back and play the first one, as otherwise you'll be parachuting in midway through the season with this instalment. You'll have missed our famous wins at Liverpool Man City that we covered in part one. More importantly, you'll have also missed my Emmanuel Emenenke loving, so it's well worth the backtrack. But if not, you're all up to date. Thanks for coming back. And you'll remember at the end of part one, we left you at the turn of the new year. We'd just beaten Southampton after a bit of a rocky spell in December 2015. But little did we know, the excitement was still to come. Thanks as always to all of you for listening. James and I love seeing the listener numbers creeping up each week. The amount of you that get in touch to say it brightens up your commute or makes your breakfast a little bit more entertaining is genuinely fantastic and we love it. James, Tom, Reese, and I are back in the swing of things for 2020. So you can hear the live radio show every Tuesday night between 7 to 8 pm on Love Sport Radio. And of course, stay subscribed to the We Are West Ham podcast every week for any bonus episodes like this one and any additional content from guests and ex-players that is exclusive to the We Are West Ham podcast. A lot of that will is only available on the We Are West Ham podcast, so make sure you subscribe to that. Finally, I know I say it all the time, if you like what we do, please do follow us on Twitter and like, rate and subscribe the podcast on whatever platform you listen on. But honestly, even if you don't do any of that, and the thing we'd appreciate the most is just tell someone about We Are West Ham and get them listening. Most of you have clearly been doing that already, which we love, so please keep going. But that really is the thing that, that helps us out the most, you know, if you just tell someone that you're enjoying it, just, you know, tell your dad, your your brother, your mum, your sister, your uncle, your auntie, granddad, whoever it might be. If, you know, if you like what we listen to and you think they will as well, then uh, just pass the word on. We want to reach as many West Ham fans as possible and we love hearing from you all. And despite the modern age that we live in, the word of mouth is still king. So, you know, pass the message on. That's enough from me. Thanks one last time, and I'll drop you back into the second half of one of the most memorable seasons in all our lives with myself, William Pugh, and Reese Bayliss from We Are West Ham. Come on, you irons. So, after a positive end to the previous year with the with the victory over Southampton, we've got a new year and a new West Ham. Um, you know, almost. But the just just to sign off quickly on that on the end of that year, obviously a good way to win at home, Southampton, Reese. But you know, something you remember particularly about it? Yeah, I think it was the emergence of uh, Mikel Antonio yep. in that game. Um, obviously, beat him two one. Yeah, I mean the first half was one of the worst performances I've seen. Literally, um, I remember James Collins having a go at Zerati in the first half for not tracking back, and you know you got a big ginger. My man Zerati, yeah, big ginger Welsh geezer screaming at him. Um, I tell, tell you what, sorry, just quickly, if ever there was a 
a, a pair that resembled mine and your friendship <laughs> a little bit more. There's a, a, yeah, a, I like of, that. a bit of a fancy Dan, fancies himself a bit, a little bit of trickery and skill and just generally a little bit <laughs> annoying. Annoys most people, but some people like him. That's me, Maro Zerati. Yeah. And then a bloke that is just, you know, just avid yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like, absolute Welsh. lump. Yeah, but everyone loves him. <laughs> yeah. Just everyone's favourite. Yeah, that just, is you, uh, isn't it? Mate, I remember him going absolutely mental at him. Um, but it came out second half, and we we changed. It was changed, and Antonio, a great way of getting his first goal. Someone just volleying the ball at his head, and it just looping <laughs> over the keeper. Um, yeah. We already one 0 down. A yeah, Cole yeah. Jenkinson OG, wasn't it? Yeah, the and then half. obviously got back to one all, and then big AC. I think Antonio hit the bar in the lead up to Carroll's goal, and Carroll's running around with a British bulldog braided haircut, um, <laughs> yeah, and I remember yeah. him just nodding it in and. Yeah, again, we come out of there and you think to yourself, like, it's very, that was very West Ham, hit and miss, but we had goals in us. Um, so, obviously, we, we, you know, ended ended the year on a high and then we got going into the new year and couldn't have started the new year in better fashion. We completed the double over Liverpool for the first time since 1964 with a 2-0 win on the 2nd of January. And that, that same pairing again, Mikel Antonio, 10 minutes in, and then Andy Carroll again, so same as the Southampton, little one-two from them two, bullet header from Antonio after just 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah I remember he, he he started it right in the bottom corner up by the Bobby Moore, and obviously he's got some legs on him, the boy. And within, Yeah, you know, within the next five seconds, he's down the other end and <laughs> bang, it's in the back of the net. And again, that was just a game where once we got the second goal and we were able to bring Payet back on, after what felt like an eternity he'd been out probably yeah. a couple of months two and a half months all of a sudden that sense of like yeah we're back was 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 there i remember him i think he went round about five players in the middle of the park i think a couple of them he went round twice and <laughs> none of them could measure. get near him do you know what i mean and the geezer's been out injured and that was it then the, you know the the reception he got when he come back on and then to do that and obviously win the game two nil great delivery by noble uh, if anyone's ever going to watch the watch it back to stick it on Carroll's nut. And that's what he does best. And again, what put it a, in the box, yeah, straight he, on his head. And another player, him, uh, I was saying it earlier on, him and Lanzini, I generally only think, you know, the only two people who have come close to their form and that yeah. season in the West Ham yeah. shirt since. But what a season Noble had that yeah. year. He was yeah. absolutely mustard, wasn't he? He was just, you know, again, he was just one of them. You just couldn't touch him. He was just brilliant. But I just think it's, uh, you know, he's the only one... He's just he's different class anyway, isn't he? As a man and and as a player, and it'll be a, a completely different podcast altogether. We could wax lyrical about Nobes for <laughs> for hours and hours, I'm sure. But so we, I say, we uh, completed the double over Liverpool, which is well, absolutely fantastic way to start the year. We had a lovely little away win at Bournemouth, three one. But we also began our FA Cup campaign against Wolves on the 9th of January. And from my perspective, the FA Cup campaign that year was was one of the things I vividly remember about that season. And we beat Wolves 1-0 at home. It was nothing spectacular, but we got the job yeah. done. Yeah, I remember, and... I remember sending a tweet out after the game and just basically put, not the best of games, but we're in the hat. You yeah. know, that for the first couple of rounds in the FA Cup, you just want to get through, hundred percent, mate. 100%. And then, but obviously, classic. The the draw comes out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the draw comes out. We've Liverpool done the double away. over Liverpool <laughs> that year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do we need? Oh, yeah, great Liverpool away. But that was obviously the Liverpool game went till 
the 30th of Jan. So yeah, then obviously Liverpool was was the next round and we'll, we'll do a separate segment on the FA Cup which will come up next because again, that was from my point of view, I, that was one of the main positives and the main highs about that that last year. The way we eventually went out was was unfortunate and I did feel robbed but I say we'll, we'll touch on that next segment. But back to the league, it was pretty standard sort of stuff for West Ham from then on that from early January if you like. We had that good win away at Bournemouth, lost away to Newcastle, drew at home to Man City 2-all, beat Aston Villa 2-0 at home, lost away at Southampton, drew away at Norwich 2-all. And then that was really then when we, we started coming into our own. We had we beat Sunderland 1-0 at home. And then you had the Spurs game, Tottenham, last ever Tottenham game at Upton Park. And it ended up being the, the third game of a monumental 11-game unbeaten run. Just as we approached the end of the season, we were really starting to think, Jesus, this could be special. We could actually do something. But as far as that Spurs game goes, it was a 1-0. It wasn't overly pretty. But I remember just at the end of that being just delighted, having the last ever one at Upton Park, the last... You know what we're like with Arsenal fans at the Emirates. The last thing that you would or that I wanted was... Even a draw, I'd have probably taken yeah. it, to be honest. The last thing you need is, oh, yeah, that last Spurs game. And 1-0, you know, a I bit think, ugly, but I, I think we've buzzing. got to remember as well, mate, that they obviously were going for the title. And I'm sure... Wow. So they say. They say it <laughs> yeah. every year, don't um, they? But I'm sure as well, if they'd beaten us that night, they would have gone top, I think. So that was another added, added bonus. part of it. Yeah, you could um, You know, yeah. midweek game against them, blinding. Yep. You know, it was... That that was an, a game where it felt like being back in the sort of the mid nineties midweek game. You Julian know, Dick like, slamming a penalty. Yeah, every, it, every yeah. person there had a suit on. Where they've just come straight from the city, and you know whatever job you did, everyone had a had a suit on. It was, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's so, how I remember it yeah. as a kid. But my, my old man is a Tyler turned up yeah, with his suit. I mean, I just like, had a suit. Just in a suit. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it was one, of, and you could tell everyone was up for the game. I know their game, the games we play, especially in the last sort of few years, has been stoked up a bit more. But I think yeah, you had that obviously the added part of it that we hadn't been beat at home for a while. So, yeah, we, every time we played a side like that, it was like, don't lose to these and let these be the last team to win over here. One thing that, again, I don't know why I remember it about the game, was your man, Emaniki. <laughs> I remember him absolutely running his nuts into the ground that night. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? And One of the like, few occasions he did it. Don't even uh, going back. I don't know where we got him from. I don't know whether he's does he is he still alive. I don't know. <laughs> well, but... the, my favourite thing about Emmanuel Emeninke is that he married Miss Nigeria, and he was married to her for a bit, and then divorced her to marry the year after's Miss Nigeria. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Edge, getting back. Ma- yeah, getting man, back. man after my own heart. Yeah, getting was back, one. mate. Getting back. But you know, it, it, little bits like that. I remember him. I remember him just doing a, a chase in a ball and it was like fair play mate like, well, we had no Sacco that night so no no started. that's what I mean yeah, so yeah. It, you know it's he was another one I'm sure if we if we go over it in more detail you know he obviously had his injury problems but a fantastic player you know used to run a I channel don't yeah I don't know loved him. are we talking about Sacco or yeah M&K? Sacco oh, yeah, I thought Sacco. you meant Eminenko no Sacco the, great player but yeah so that. going back to it, it he just ran himself into the ground that night and it was just nice to get a win yeah you exactly. know, it was it was early March. You're sort of thinking we're still in the cup. Yeah, we've it was got, all we, the... we're very well placed in the league. Less. I just remember walking out of that game Upton Park, being one because I was doing it a lot that season. Every time we'd have an occasion like that, 
And, you know, I was very aware that it was the last ever time I was going to have a West Ham Tottenham game yeah. at Upton Park. So yeah. I was very aware of that. But mixed in with all that sort of general sadness, because I was sad, was just a feeling of relief. I was like, well, thank God. At least yeah. we flipping beat them. Yeah. Like I said, that was the third game that Spurs of a, of a fantastic 11-game run. Uh, sorry, 11-game unbeaten run. And after that, it was just this just proves what a anomaly of a season that was. The next game after the Tottenham one, we go and beat Everton away 3-2. And then get a 2-all draw away at Chelsea. Drew with Palace at home 2-all. West Ham Arsenal 3-all at Upton Park. Andy Carroll again, one of your all-time great days of forever. I'll always think of you when I think of Mate, that. Mate, I, I, I took a, uh, a mate of mine, Gow, I took him that day. And I remember for the first 20 minutes of the game, he was absolutely burying him. As he a footballer, like he couldn't jump off the ground. And then obviously within the space of about five, six minutes, he got he got a brace before half time. And then obviously when he got his... I remember walking out of there and he actually looked like he had the ump because he scored that trick. And I still <laughs> remind him of it to this day. Excellent um, stuff. Well, look, before we move on to that, the, the fabled, the famous end to the season we had, we'll do a little bit on Nexus on our FA Cup run in our last season at Upton Park. So, as I say, we've skipped on a little bit league form wise, but we have mentioned the we've mentioned the cup. Obviously, the one nil home to Wolves on the 9th of Jan, ugly, but like you said, we got through and we were still in the hat. Great stuff. And then you draw Liverpool away, brilliant. We've already done the double over him for the first time since 1964, and 52 years ago was the last time we'd done the double, and then we'd have to play him three times just to ruin it. But Go away on the thirtieth of Jan and get a get a nil nil draw and somehow squeeze them back to Upton Park and I'll be honest that was one of the most fantastic although you know if um, you obviously know me Reese my best mate in the whole entire world um, Josh Wren is a Liverpool fan and Sleep it's lucky Josh. there's a, there's a little yeah little crowd of three of us and my other best mate is Adam who supports West Ham and we're sort of a little little bit of a trio and Josh is an absolute anomaly and you know I I love him to pieces as a man but his his choice of football team is despicable is his old man who I prefer to Josh because he supports West Ham he grew up in the same little you know leafy part of Essex that me and you did Reese. And for no reason, he's got no family ties to Liverpool. He's one of those who's like his auntie's dog's sister's cat <laughs> went to Liverpool <laughs> once. Therefore, that's why he supports him. His old man supports West Ham just like mine does. And he did, hasn't had the lifetime of, of suffering I had. But I bought him to that game and the replay at Upton Park. And he turned up, you know, all quietly confident. As Unfortunately, I've bought him to a few West Ham Liverpool games at West Ham and normally get slapped. And then I don't want to see him again for another three months. But on that night, being behind that goal, when Ogbonna rose on the 120th minute, again, you were talking earlier on about some of the limbs you remember at the Chelsea game when Carroll put the header in. That, when Ogbonna put that in, after getting a point, or sorry, getting a draw and bringing it back for a replay and mm. still clinging on, and just when it rose up in the air and he's, right, he's sitting plumbing the head right into that far post, it's nothing ever like it. And I was absolutely all over Josh, like the plague. <laughs> it was the best thing ever. Again, don't know why I remember it, but uh, my man Joey O'Brien started that night. <laughs> what uh, a player. And I actually had a five on him to score the first goal. I think he was about 40 to 1 or 33 <laughs> to 1. And he actually hit the post in probably the first five minutes, I think. Yeah. But again, we started well. Antonio scored. A bit yeah. of a shout out to Enna Valencia that night. He'd done well that night. Yeah. 
But the usual, they got obviously the free kick from Coutinho was class when he just dribbled yeah. it under the wall. So yeah, Mikel Antonio just on 45 <laughs> minutes, like you say, yeah, Coutinho 48 minutes, um, second half. And, then... and you're then thinking, you know, we're playing a lot of games, we're looking a bit tired. And yeah, if it had gone to pens, don't know about that. That then was the start of the, I've got a feeling we could have a, yeah. I think we're going to like do this. Absolutely. I mean, um, next the next round as well, again, we're talking about the disappointment when we got drawn against Liverpool, but next round, Blackburn away. You thought, oh, I'll take that. You mm-hmm. know, Blackburn were, so, well, they certainly weren't Liverpool. We got through Liverpool away. You had a bit of that feeling yeah. of indestructibility and yeah, sure enough, turned up and beat them 5-1 away on the 21st of February, 2016. I remember it's Sunday, early kickoff. I think we had about 6,000 up there. Yeah. Dimitri Payet masterclass. Master, yeah, masterclass. Mm-hmm. I mean that second goal, mate, and I think even M and E K. I think he got a couple <laughs> he that day. And that was his first, won. Goal, first goal for um, the club, wasn't it? Yeah. That was a game where it would have been total banana skin as usual for West Ham, but we just went there and done an absolute job. Yeah. You know, I think they went one nil up as well, didn't they? Uh, so yeah, you had yeah Ben Marshall put them one nil up after twenty minutes, and then Victor Moses scored for us before Payet bagged. He's first. And then, yeah, John Emanenke scored a brace, actually. Yeah, 64 and what 85 minutes. What yeah. a uh, Kiyati bagged one as well. Chris Taylor got sent off for them on 55 minutes. But all in all, I mean, it doesn't happen to us a lot, does it? But that was genuinely a walk in the park. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Which, yeah. I mean, the remember Payet's free kick, and he was one of them where he started sort of celebrating before it was in the back of the net. Absolutely. You know, yeah. he'd done that run where he's like, he's already off. So, yeah. One of those that sticks in the memory you're just with thinking, so many others that season. You know, you're thinking, this is it. This could be... Mm. We're going we're gonna to get in Europe and we're going to win the FA Cup and the next the stadium next year is going to be class. Slaven Bilic is going to be the best manager ever. I think you were actually on it. We went on a stag do and I remember the cup final was the Saturday and we would be out in Spain for yeah. the stag do. And I remember looking at flights... <laughs> flying out on the Thursday which we all did but flying home Friday night <laughs> because we're going to I was like we're going to get in the final yeah, yeah. and I'm going to be in Spain on a stag do and I <laughs> which cannot one, which whose was it can you remember I can't remember which one that was was it a Magaluf yeah a Magaluf it was a Magaluf yeah. special wasn't it um, <laughs> but you know so yeah you're, you're straight away you're thinking I think we're going to have it this year mm. And uh, but imagine my shock when we we get through that and then sure enough you've overcome Liverpool and in the next round you get drawn away at Man United and I don't know about you I, I went up for the uh, for the first leg at Old Trafford and you know it was like, again one of those the you had obviously you get the extra allocation yeah, yeah. because it's a, an FA Cup game and again it was just by that stage of the season so we had Man United on the thirteenth of March we'd had so many nights we were literally going into any game feeling like we're invincible here we're, we're going to do this and Payet think, that was one of the all time oh, I mean view. that free kick was I, just I something think as, else as well to touch on it I think if you look at the games I know this is a part about the FA Cup but if you look at the, the teams that we were playing in between them games as well to keep the level of performance we did and I had absolutely fancied us that day mm, me too you know I was up there in 2001 for the, the Di Canio 1-0 you know, and it was like another one of them. There's going to be eight, nine thousand of us up there. I absolutely, I absolutely fancy us. You know, yeah. I didn't feel United were in any position to sort of hurt us the way we were playing. And you know, the free kick. And what I love about it is that it went in off the post. That yeah, noise, the old perfect, noise of yeah. the in off. Because it was, wasn't it? As soon as he hit it, the whole ground 
was just as it does just went silent didn't yeah. it and then you could actually hear in the ground yeah. you heard it go dunk, yeah. and then saw it go in and again best way to score else. yeah we all Smash just it in off the post absolutely <laughs> absolutely lost our heads didn't we and few in, i mean a lot i'm very much one for remembering injustices against west ham as much as i am for remembering good things that we do but that equaliser at the end was an absolute scandal, yeah. wasn't it? So yeah. Anthony Martial, right at the death, yeah. ball comes in, Bastian Schweinsteiger just wipes yeah. out Darren Randolph, yeah. absolutely yeah. wiped him out. There's no dressing out was there. And Martial dinks it in. He loses his head, goes absolutely mental. And it's like, well, hang on, mate, you're chill. You're just about to get a draw yeah. at home to West Ham. <laughs> like, well done. <laughs> and But that was an absolute robbery wasn't it and you know there's a, again another podcast for another day I'm sure and me and James talk about it a lot on the West Ham show each week is VAR I'm very for it James is very against it and the reason I'm for it is because things like that yeah. that was an absolute travesty wasn't it he yeah. just wiped him out there was I mean it, it's again the spell of games that we had in the league not touching on it too quick but penalty at Chelsea penalty at Leicester Chiarty getting sent off at home against Palace they were costing us, you know, mm. they were genuine decisions where, you know, that's cost us a win. Yep. Would we have got that decision in the reverse if it was if it was at Upton Park? Yeah, or... I always uh, say that. With, with any, whenever you play a big side, would you get that decision or would the ref blow it up and the ref would blow it up? Yeah, especially at Old Trafford. Old Trafford yeah. is a classic for that. Yeah, 100%. There's no way in a thousand years... The that... penalty weren't given there for about 45 years, was yeah, it, against, <laughs> exactly, against them, yeah, yeah. but scarediness from the but referee, wasn't it? after that game was exactly how I was when we played Arsenal in 98 FA Cup. Yeah. We got a draw at Highbury and I thought, we're going to have them at home. Mm. We are absolute. There is no... And I don't feel that way about West Ham a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, whenever we're home, playing, away. Really. Yeah, yeah, whatever, um, yeah. But I was like, do you know what? We've got a draw here, but mm. we'll do them at home. No, I agree. But the... Obviously, the return leg, that was 13th of March, was the initial game against United at Old Trafford. And then you had to wait another whole month for the return fixture, which was on the 13th of April. And it all sort of, it was a shame how it ended, really. Obviously, lost 2-1. Marcus Rashford, it was 0-0 at half-time. Rashford opened the scoring for them on 54. If I remember rightly, his goal was pretty... I remember if it was cut a, in it was pretty, a nice pretty goal, decent yeah, goal, just actually, like classic Rashford. And then Fellaini bagged one for them on 67. Tompkins pulled one back on, on 79. But it was, yeah, it was just, it all went a little bit damp that night, didn't it? Yeah, I felt we could have played all night and we wouldn't have scored. Yeah. It was one of them, when it went 2-1, you're like, come on, let's, let's get back in it. But as I just, as I just said, I felt we could have played all night. And as we all do, we walked out of there and... It did just feel, especially after the away game as well, you generally, you know, and how we conduct ourselves and how we were robbed, you thought, nah, at least at least we're going to put it to them. But we didn't, did we? It did very much feel like... It was a letdown just, because of the way we'd played all that season. The yeah. intensity weren't there. You knew we had it in us. Yeah, I mean, I don't know whether he tinkered with a formation or anything like that. You got your hopes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, and they fade Fortune's and die. always yeah. hiding. You know exactly that. And it did. It did. It did feel like that coming coming out of that game. But on the whole, I think from from that that year certainly, and I think that's what most West Ham fans are after most years. That FA Cup run for me, albeit the way we eventually went out, was sad. 
that FA Cup run provided me with some moments. The Obana goal winner against Liverpool, the yeah, absolute yeah, yeah. masterclass away at Blackburn, yeah, that pie at free, free kick. kick at United. That yeah, is what you. That's what West Ham want fans want FA Cups to be like, and that is what an FA Cup run should have looked like. I yeah, think. you know. And but luckily enough, we had the uh, we had the rest of the league to concentrate on, and there were certainly still things to to cheer for and to look forward to, and most importantly, the ever looming last ever game at Upton Park, which we'll touch on next. Right, so as we approach the last spell of the last ever season at Upton Park, we'd had a we'd had a season to be to remember already. To be fair, it wasn't something that we were going to look back on, even if it just stopped then. Yeah, 100%. and we certainly weren't lacking lacking for memory so far. So we've we've covered off. So we've jumped jumped ahead a little bit with the FA Cup run, which took us to sort of early early April, the thirteenth of April, is when we went out to Manchester United. But just to bring it back again, just so we can see out this league form properly. Obviously, we touched on the Spurs win in the 2nd of March that was and we beat Everton away again a club where we're notoriously bad against and then we had Chelsea away 2-0 and I was at that game I'm not sure if you were but the Lanzini like you say opened the scoring and again another real sense of a sense of robbery yeah. in that game the, the equaliser from from them was I think was it Fabregas who put the penalty away I believe at the end but like you say it was Loftus-Cheek wasn't it who got brought down on the yeah. edge of the box yeah and it was it was it was a free kick, but yeah, the old penalty would again. What I said about Old Trafford, yeah. would that have been a pen at Upton Park? I see. Well, Fabregas Fabregas bagged twice. They that did game. take the pen as well. Yeah, and he yeah he scored in the end. You say Lanzini opened scoring and Andy Carroll got them for West Ham. So again, bit of a robbery, but we'd already you know we'd we'd played well against Chelsea already that season, and you'd take a point at Stamford Bridge in in any other circumstance. Then we played Crystal Palace at home, and one of the most science physics <laughs> defying free kicks I've ever seen in my whole entire life was Dimitri Payet when he bent it out into basically out of space yeah, and then it somehow bent round and dipped in over the keeper for God, something else wasn't it I was pretty much directly behind it and like the trajectory yeah. can't even say it of the ball mm. was ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and I think now even if you look on I think it's on YouTube or something like that a Palace fan videos it and you can hear a group of them sort of go Whoo, yeah. as if it's going steaming over the bar and somehow it drops and it's just another one of them you just think how have you done that? It, like, is, easy, it is easy to forget though that we actually only drew that game especially yeah. given that free kick because that's, yeah. you know, that's played out as one of the highlights of that season so much isn't it? and obviously only got two all draw at home to Palace then and then again just it was just memorable game after memorable game that season and you had West Ham United 3, Arsenal 3 on the 9th of April. Mental, wasn't it? We had had a 2 all away at Chelsea, a 2 all at home to Palace, a 3 all at home to Arsenal, and then a, a 2 all away to Leicester after that. But the Arsenal game, just, just quickly remember on that, obviously Andy Carroll hat-trick. And yeah, great hat-trick. Yeah, last man to get hat-trick at Upton Park. Talk us, you were obviously at that game, and I remember you saying to me, and have said to me before, as of a lot of people, James Jones mentions it a lot, he says the that game is that game that everyone has where they remember how mental they went. And James says it about, about the Arsenal game as well. 3-0, sorry, 2-0 down after 35 <clears> minutes. <throat> Meza Ozil and Alexis Sanchez putting them in the lead. And then the craziest, you know, period from Andy Carroll, 44 and then 45 plus two, so 47 minutes. We're literally like two all by half time. I think and then he puts us 3-2 up. All three of his goals, his first one, 
delivery from Cresswell. I think he's literally on the edge of the box when he's running into it, and the power he gets, his second one, you know, obviously after his goal against Palace a few years sort of later, but it was like a side scissor kick, and yeah, that's you know, it. we're going into. But as well with that game, I remember, I think he was lucky not to get sent off in the mm. first half. I think he, he clubbed someone. I don't know whether it was Koscielny or... He was just having one of them the games, big, wasn't the he? Big, the big German fella they used Met to have. Second, and yeah. I remember him clubbing someone and it was a bit like Antonio skinned whoever that Montreal left back, put it in and it's the usual. The ball's in the air and you know he's in the box and he's just going to come flying in and he's going to put like three people in the net with him. And yeah, you're right. That was a early kickoff, bit of sun that day and... Again, I think a draw in the end was probably quite a fair result. Yeah, you know, definitely. you walk out of there and you you want to beat them. I'm glad they didn't beat us because of my family side of things and the amount of grief I give my brother about last first and yeah. last. Yeah. Um, so he couldn't say that, but yeah, it was a brilliant game. No, it absolutely was brilliant. Class. Game. And then, so we mentioned it again. Another flurry of uh, score draws for West Ham was two away at Leicester, and. Again, we obviously we we still consider that whole season a fantastic one, but another example of what, in my opinion, a genuine robbery. Yep. I mean, Aaron Cresswell with one of the all-time great goals, and yep. I'm sure he would admit it as well that you know perhaps a goal of it, a goal of his life. But yep. the yeah penalty awarded to Leicester right at the death. And it was Jamie Vardy nipped in, wasn't he? And uh, he he'd been sent off by that stage, wasn't yep. he? Well, and Ijoa wasn't it Leonardo yeah. Ijoa yeah, yeah, yeah. stepped up and I to think he's, yeah all. did he win the pen and took the pen I think but you know you could see it in the last couple of minutes again they were going for the title so I don't know whether that has any effect on decisions and things like that I know you'll never know with it and it'll never be admitted but you know they were they were very much the team that everyone wanted to win the title oh and, absolutely yeah. you know it, it's the pressure from the ref it was yeah, at their ground you know and he, in fairness to the ref he done well sending Vardy off yeah, really. Because yeah, it was it was he went he went down for a pen. So yeah, that's it. So that was the dive he got. So Jamie Vardy opened the scoring on eighteen minutes, and then yeah, then he got himself sent off on fifty six. Andy Carroll bags the pen on eighty four. Cresswell that goal. I, was, yeah, I remember finish. just sitting there and just Top it was goal, a yeah. classic one, yeah. wasn't it? Just off his chest, the sort of the sort of one you see in Sunday league every now and then. But it's just because the goalie's poor is the reason it goes <laughs> in. Sheehan <Yeah>. and. Uh, <laughs> And he's just pinged it from, yeah, just literally on a corner of the box, pretty much, yeah. wasn't it? An absolute peach. And that was when I was thinking, again, you're beating top of the league yeah. away from home, yeah. class, and then go down, and it was almost like any opportunity we were going to give them to win yeah. the pen, wasn't you it? Know, it? And that's 95 minutes. I'm, it was a, I'm a believer that they cancel each other out in the season, these sort of decisions, but I think we had about eight games on the bounce <laughs> where, you know, it cost us. Yeah, but, that's the thing. I just don't agree know. with that at all. But, yeah, I, again, it was, it, you know, Azura goes mad. But, again, getting a point of the team that went on to, yeah. away at the point that yeah. went on to win the league, so it's, it's not too bad at all. But, so after that, we're, I mean, we're looking good there, to be honest. We've got games against, and this was the stage, and after that game, we've got games home to Watford, away to West Brom, at home to Swansea, at home to Manchester United, and away to Stoke coming up. And at this stage, we were genuinely still in the running, weren't we? We yeah. had we had it all to play for. I think it was all in our hands for a top four place. Still, then, you know, the it just felt right. We just thought we're going to end this season exactly, especially especially that Watford game. Three um, one. That was I at put home. on my notes that it was one of them nights that I'll remember about that season because of it. It was like a you know warm summer's night. We just played them off the park. 
you know, one of them games where every game that you go to, you're probably the same as me, you always have that bit of pressure. Like, we never go and steamroll teams so you can relax a bit, but yeah. that game just felt that yeah, to yeah. me. Do you know what I mean? And I remember when Carroll scored, I think Nob's got a couple of penalties. It was and just And I remember nice, walking out of there and it was like, we've done something really well this season. I had tickets for the West Brom game on the Saturday. Quite a few of us went down there, found a nice watering hole in, I think it's called The Vine. Just a little story before we go on about the game was we're all out the back, everyone's having a sing-song. I remember saying to the lads, I'll go and get another round. I've come out with, I think, four pints and I had a couple of bags of crisps in my hand. And in true West Ham fan style, everyone turned around to me, as I'm a bit on the heavy side, and started singing, Are You Lampard in Disguise? <laughs> And I've never felt so awkward in my life. And I just, I had four beers in me and I didn't know whether to throw them on the floor and start singing with them or what. But, you know, that's the the character of the fans, you know. I just laugh and everyone after it, laughing and things like that. Brilliant. But again, that day to just win 3-0, Noble was superb that day. Again, walking out of there, you've got three to play and you're thinking... Well, that was it. We were still three games left. If we'd won all of them, we would finish Champions League. And uh, I think it was City who came fourth that year. They finished on 66 points. The idea of Man City finishing on 66 points now seems a little bit of a, a laughable one. We obviously finished four points behind them in total. Finished on 62. Madness, they they got think, 66. Think yeah. about it, madness. So our last three games, we've got Swansea at home, Manchester United at home, and then Stoke away on the last game of the season. The Swansea game, 4-1. Ki Sung Young on eight minutes, Van der Horn on thirty-two, Andy King on forty-eight, and Jordan Ayew on sixty-three. Four nil down. It's just gone an hour. They were terrible. I think they finished twelfth in the end. I went to that game, sunny day, thinking yeah, it, you felt good. Last didn't you? Saturday game, what's it going to be? And if I remember rightly, Andre Ayew absolutely had a blind. Yeah, that day. had a scream with a game. Um, I think that's the one we signed him on the back of. On it? The, the last game highlights that I, I watched a couple of days ago. As well, they made changes that day. No Sigurdsson, that Ashley Williams didn't. But you know, when you sort of think to yourself, I don't know, did we think it was just going to be a formality? I think that's, uh, you know, it as happens, the fans were, we were all getting caught up yeah. in the hype, weren't we? Yeah, I certainly went into the game thinking, ah, here we go, into the season, yeah. just watch it beat Swansea yeah. and then the important ones yeah. next week. I think that was a bit of a crash back down to the earth. But the next the next section we're going to cover is it. obviously Let's is obviously it. the one you've you've got to do and the <laughs> one the game and the evening and the end of the season that we were thinking about all season long it's the last ever game at Upton Park so this section really speak for itself to be honest Reese you got it's the last ever game at Upton Park obviously the Swansea one was disappointing the Manchester United one had been moved to an evening game and I was a bit when it first happened, I was I was glad it was a night game, to be honest. I know a few people were disappointed when it got moved, but I was glad that it got moved to a night game. I was more worried that it was Manchester United because I thought that will be a real shame. If we lose that game, and especially if we get slapped, that will really be a real shame if that's the, the way we duck out. But we're going to do, obviously, a section in itself because it, it deserves it. You could do a whole podcast, I'm sure, <laughs> yeah. on just that day. Yeah, yeah. So, first of all, what, what did you do that day in the lead-up to it? What do, you, what do you remember from it? What were your feelings um, and what did you do? Well, I was a bit with you saying about the, the night game and the... You know, the I think if the Saturday game, if it had been drawn out a bit more in terms of, you know, stuff before the game and after to make it a bit of an event. But if you want to play a side in the Premier League era for your last game, it's got to be United, isn't it? For me, the team that really started everything 
the ball rolling in the Premier League success wise and everything like that. So and also I think it give us a bit of a you know a chance to make up for the cup game. When I work, had half day at work. Funnily enough, I had to go to the reservation centre at Stratford to hand over some money or change some details. So I'd done that, and I was I was pretty much ready to be around the ground about half two, three o'clock. Got a call from Barrett, who I go with, and he was in the he was already in the bowling, and you could hear the noise in the background. But he was basically saying to me that he was stuck in the doorway mm. because it was so packed in there already, which I thought it would be when I got a cab from Stratford to the ground. The driver was like, I'm going to have to drop you off. And he went round the back, basically a part of that I didn't even really know existed, but he, he went round this back back of the street and mm. it's starting to get busy already. Met him at the bowling. We had a, he managed to get a couple of beers. But by that point, like a lot of fans, they were outside the, I think it's like a Tesco's Express or something. There was just like bodies everywhere Where already. The statue, yeah. Um, now, I was, in, I was in the box that night. So we left to go in about, I think it opened about half five. Mm. But even walking from that point at that Tesco's by the statue to the main entrance was ridiculous. Well, I had I had a similar thing. So I was the same as you. Took a half day off work and I didn't really touch on it earlier on. But since I was a kid, I've always gone. Me, my dad and my granddad and my cousin have had, the four of us have gone. We had season, my dad and my granddad have had season tickets since, you know, well before I was born. They always went together and then me and my cousin were, were born and, and the four of us would go and that was that was how it's always been for us. So I often had a bit of a, certainly at home games with West Ham, a bit of a different experience to you in that we'd always drive and by this stage my granddad, I mean, he's, he's 82, 83 now I think, but he was sort of getting on a bit so he was still late 70s. Mm. But, that was that was our our thing. I, I really like really had beers at West Ham home games. That was really like the drinking side of it wasn't a thing. And for a lot of my life, I just remember we would literally would me and my dad would leave ours, drive to me granddad's, pick him up and my cousin from there, drive up to West Ham and just drive back after the game. And it was very much all about just the football rather than yeah, yeah. the event. Yeah, as much. I understand that. Um, you know, and on that last game, it was sort of felt like tradition that we did the same again, and we wanted to. We didn't want to deviate, although there was, because it was a special occasion, we have talk about getting a train and you know, yeah, the yeah, beer yeah. and all that, but we, we kind of felt we owed it to ourselves because of what was always done um, to to drive up. So we did that, but again, went up uh, you know really sort of early in the afternoon, I think about three o'clock-ish, we, we set off from, from Essex and then... Yeah, ended up getting getting in and around. We parked miles away, further than where we usually would have to. Again, just because so many people have had yep. the same idea of getting there early, and we eventually made our way down there. And we did, we you know, stopped off for, for a beer on the way, and then we just, we you know, we always walked past the statue anyway. We'd park just up the up the road, a little bit the other side of the statue, and we always walked past it on a normal match day. So parked there and we've we've walked down and exactly what you said, it's just people absolutely everywhere. The whole of the junction was basically shut by yeah, that stage, yeah. that um on, on where the Bobby Moore statue is on the bowling corner and all that. The whole of that junction was pretty much shut. I don't think officially by that stage, but the fans had decided it was shut. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that was it. And you know, I just sort of remember and I made a point of, of taking a camera. I'm not really I wasn't one for taking loads of snaps and all that usually, but I made a point of of doing that and you know i just remember thinking this is uh, you know this is exactly what it should be like everyone's out in, in yep. force already everyone was out on the street and you sort of felt like everyone was just wanted to soak it up one last time yeah. whether they were just going to the chip shop they'd always go to just like we did yeah. even just parking 
in that parking yeah. space that we'd always parked at and the walk that we'd always done, you just you wanted to do it exactly how you'd always done it and ever just felt like everyone was really making the most of the fact that it was that I one think last it had time. like a it had a cup final feel to it, you know, where it was one of them everyone with like flags and everything else and as you say like people out in the street my only thing was i can't believe that united didn't get there earlier obviously that's and we stayed there so we stayed we sort of hanging around the statue we were just trying to soak it all in yeah it was brilliant it was great and you know obviously there's plenty of people who would have been there and in around that area for that same day and i remember the because the west ham coach came through first didn't it and you know, there was everyone sort of moved out of the way. There was lots of clapping and all that sort of stuff, but the the bus eventually got through. And then the word went up about, I think, five or ten minutes before the United coach got there that the United coach was on the way and it was driving down that road. Mm. Just the word went up around the, the group of people that were there. And you could sense the sort of anticipation. There was obviously a a section of people who were, were up for giving it the welcome that it eventually <laughs> got. And, you know, it was almost the same as you. It was just like, what what are they done? What are they doing? How yeah, they I, even... I, the scenes weren't great, but it, they made it out as if we were like, uh, yeah. you it know, was... throwing bricks and all that sort of stuff. It, it you was know, a few bottles of beer. and it, That's yeah. the thing. And it was going to happen because you, you're telling me, obviously, people that didn't have tickets were going to be... You'd probably have treble... The amount yeah. of people, people just going there, just as a you know what I mean? And that's, they, yeah. I remember talking to a fella prior to it, and he was like, "I'm going, whatever, whether I get a ticket or not, I'm going to go." So, yeah. you know, it, it's it was just funny trying to watch watch that coach, especially trying to get into that part of the car park anyway. Yeah, you know, it's it, yeah. fair play whoever done the driving for the coaches then, because <laughs> but I wouldn't have fancied that. Do you know what I mean? And it, it's one of them you'd surely have an idea, especially the old Bill would sort of say, "Look." safety get there as soon as you can mm. oh yeah i mean you know. again man united just ridiculous planning from them ridiculous mm. logistics it was farcical but yeah so obviously we we sort of hung around and and we watched all those those events play out and the, the bus eventually got through and it got uh, one last east london welcome if you like <laughs> from uh, from a few people who were uh, you know sorry to see the old ground go and the old the old pub go and the, the statue and the, just everything about upton park so the menu Bus obviously went through, and then you were obviously in the ground by that stage, I'd imagine, with your with the box and all yeah, that. Yeah, we obviously got told that the game was going to be delayed as yep. well. You could see there was. I bet a, you were gutted when you. Oh, I got to sit here and have a few. There was more a good points. old. There was a good old cheer in the bar. <laughs> when they, uh, but even for that, just to give you that little bit of extra time to soak it all in. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not definitely. saying it as a you know, it's my choice to accept the invitations to go in there, but. We used to go out onto the balcony. You could just have a look, see some people that, you know, you'd see most games mm. and have a few. You're right with the pictures. I've got still got them at home. Had a few pictures done with everyone, some of the staff and things like that. That, you know, you just become friends with them mm. over the years. So it was nice from that side of it. But you're also thinking, blimey, what time's it gonna like? Yeah, yeah <laughs> what no, time's it gonna finish? Well, once the once a coach went in, we just made our way round back to. Back along by by Nathan's Pioneers and all that, did a left and then just yeah. down the side of the Bobby Moore and that's the, the way we used to walk into the East End and then just again same sort of thing, just went up and there there was always the little little uh, betting alcove at the, yeah, the yeah, East End yeah. upper right at that far end yeah. of the Centenary and there was the, it was a little Ladbrokes and it changed by the last season but it's that little betting hole in the wall. We always used to go in have a couple of quid to make sure we did that. Got one of the cruddy burgers or whatever they were from the uh, from the little <laughs> hole in the wall in the east end. It used to literally you used to have a choice. 
at the East End. It's one of my most fondest memories. At half time, you were either hungry or you needed a piss. You couldn't have both. Yeah. <laughs> you either had time to go for a wee just or you had time to yeah. go and get something. It was to eat. either it was warm pint, cold up dog. In, yeah, the, uh, exactly. in the Dr. Martin's lower, never would have, never the way round, uh, the other way round. Exactly. So, obviously, we we settled in then, and eventually the the teams come out. Obviously, we all had the claret and blue shirts on. I don't know if you got them in the box, but the claret yeah, blue t shirts, sky blue one, I think. Yeah, well, sky we were in blue, the, we were in the claret section with the old farewell yeah. bowling on the front. West Ham v Man United, the date, and a nice touch. I thought that was, and I didn't think it was tacky or anything like that. I thought it, it nice. It set the game off well, and. I will never forget that that bubbles the when the teams come out and you know the old PA as usual cut it off yeah. just at the opportune moment still, and everyone I've still got bellows. that on an old phone mm. I think for about twenty or twenty five seconds so you know it's just as a you you want to try and keep as much as you can from that yeah. night it's weird because it weren't all the game but certain parts of the game I just get this bit of like. Well, that's the last bubble. That's like yeah, that's the that's last it, kickoff. Mate. Yeah, yeah. Like no, it's done. It. It's like that's the, that's it. And I do, I, you know, that 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 bubbles when the teams come out. That was that was just spine tingling and something else. And it just sort of felt felt right. But then there was still that trepidation, certainly from my point of view, that oh, this has all been really nice up until now. <laughs> yeah. uh, hang on, I wonder how many they're going to be yeah. up. But they're going to be three and up by half an hour. And I'll be honest, it's just one of the greatest games and one of the greatest evenings of my whole life. It couldn't have gone. I think if you were going to, you know, if you were doing like a film about that year, that'd be, you know, to to have it end how it did was just it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It's one of them memories that I'm glad that obviously I was there for mm. starters, but I'm disappointed that there weren't certain other people there with me. Yeah, which is not a you know some people didn't have tickets and all that sort of things, but the especially after the way the Saturday game had finished. It was just the atmosphere for me. Yeah. You know, I remember, I think it was at one or we were 2-1 down and Carroll got put through and he was sort of hustle and bustle, I think, with Daily Blind and he just absolutely wiped him out. Mm. I'm not saying the game was going a bit stale, but everyone just went mental when yeah. he wiped him out. Well, that was the thing. You know, that... singing about him and that sort of stuff. And it was as if, like, we're going to try and win this game, whatever happens, mm. you know. And you could tell the players were bang up for it that night. Well, you had, look, I mean, just to run through, just the Diafrasaka, obviously, 10 minutes in. Yeah. And the weirdest finish I think I've ever seen. And, you know, he's on the edge of the box. He sort of awkwardly turns. It's one of them where you think, oh, he's got the shot away, yeah. but it wasn't particularly powerful. It nicks off Danny Blinn's shins, yeah. I think. Daly Blinn, sorry. Yeah. Nicks off his shins and just tucks its way into the corner. 10 minutes in, and that was it then. Great start. It? That was it. Yeah. Like, there actually was electric. Everyone yeah. goes mental. And then Anthony Martial, who loved the goal against West Ham. I've always rated him, to be honest, and I still do. But he scores on 51 minutes after we've gone in 1-0 at half-time. Come out in the second half, again, classic West Ham. Oh, yeah, keep it tight for the first five <laughs> minutes. All right, we've done that. Well, about six minutes. All right, yeah. yeah. So he, he scores on, on 51 minutes. And then that's when it really felt like, oh, no, oh, this yeah. is actually falling to bits. On 72 minutes, Martial scores again. But then four minutes later, Mikel Antonio with the perfect response. Again, we saw it from him a few times that season. Just brute power and just desire to get to that ball. The ball's come up in the air and he's just... He was no way anyone else was winning that header nah, at the back post. Nah, that's a great... I mean, Payet obviously had a free kick that everyone thought, here we go. It was probably the same distance as the cup game. To be fair, it was quite a ropey... Not a ropey free <laughs> kick by his standards anyway. But then his delivery to put it on Antonio's head, if you watch it back, it's just like drilled... But yeah, Antonio, caught cool. absolutely. There was no, you know, the yeah. header. Jesus Christ! For 
he seemed to hang in the air. It's a bit of a cliche, but he yeah, hung in the air that was for like ages, Les Ferdinand esque. It was blinding, and you know, to get back into two all, and then yeah, you're thinking, right, just don't get beat. You know, my only concern with the United was was Rooney, another player that would always score against us, and yeah. he had a relatively bad game. I think he was playing centre mid then. It, it was like just don't lose it now, and then obviously what happened. Thing is, as well, we had our we had a. Easily our strongest game out. Uh, sorry, strongest team out. I mean, Randolph. Randolph started to go. He had Antonio's doing his, doing his thing I'll at right back. Out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the kit man out. Right, I'll do, I'll it. do yeah. it. Winston Reid, Nog Bonner in the middle. Cresswell left back. Lanzini, Cuyati, Noble, Payet, and then Sacco and Carroll up front. I mean, it was basically our strongest team of the year, wasn't it? Like you say, Antonio there playing, and so we're we're two all seventy six minutes, and Payet gets the. Gets the ball out on the wing, Denis, with the with the old free kick, yeah. and I, d- I mean, talk me through. It. I just, it was just so perfect after the whole season we'd had. He swings it in. I, I thought it's, I thought it was saved, and because obviously I'm down the other end, it looked like the ball had been pushed in the air for the save. Yeah, but obviously it just, he sort of patted it, didn't he? And it was it, a bizarre it, it, goal, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, because obviously Winston Reid just sort of, I don't know, he's like he ducks down and. Sort of yeah, well, that's it, the thing. He was he was almost too high in the air, wasn't he? And he's yeah, like, it was, it's a, shrunk it was a his weird, head into his know, shoulders. I remember uh, De Gea getting absolute pelters from the, the Bobby Moore lower during mm. the game. I think there was a beach him ball. and Blind had been there was a yeah. beach ball out there one bit, and I think there was one another one. They, the ball was in the crowd, and they wouldn't give it back. So it just turned it on his head at three two, and you're like. This is unbelievable. Mm. Like I, I would never have had him down a score in the being the last person. To but score the thing there. is, uh, that's what I love. I'm never. Winston Reid just loves a goal against teams we hate and in games we really, really want to yeah. win, doesn't yeah. he? he yeah, fair play. I mean, fair play to him. You know, I think we probably all had it down as either a Mark Noble penalty or a yeah, pay it yeah. free kick or something like but that. You know, it's, it is. It is such a cliche. But with that goal, that literally was that was frozen in my mind. It was like everything just slowed down, didn't it? As soon as he's got his head on it, yeah. And I remember it's exactly the same as you because it didn't just rocket into the back of the net. Where he's made the save, you have that split second because he's headed it, and I was like, "As in, that's going towards the goal." We have actually done it. And then as he saves it, you just have that split second where there's a bit of a dent in your. Oh no! Yeah, it's not in. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, yeah, you've seen it just flop over the line, yeah. and that was. And like I say, I, I sat in the East Stand for the vast majority of my. West Ham supporting career, you know, sort of over probably, you know, 200 games or whatever. I think I worked mm. it out um, since I've been going, sat in that East Stand. And I'll be honest, the East Stand up-up was not known for its atmosphere or, in fact, it was known for a load of, you know, old people, basically. all my Like, my granddad had been sitting there for, God knows, 50-odd years, I think it was. And, you know, after people, we'd, he'd, like, had his first season and they were sitting in the same sort of yeah. seats. It was that sort of yeah. vibe. And I, you know, I'd, I was quite young, so some weeks I'd bemoan it because I think, oh, the atmosphere's rubbish up here. And it was always the last stand to get singing. Like, if the, not so much with the bubbles, but if there was a good atmosphere in the game, yeah. probably more would be starting yeah. it. You'd have the centenary go yeah. and then the Dr. Martins, it'd come. Yeah. And then all the sort of older people then would go, oh, all right, maybe <laughs> Rattle, we'll join in. Yeah, yeah, out. exactly, yeah. And, but I remember that it's one of it's very few occasions in my in my time sitting in that East Stand Upper where the limbs or where you've had a goal where everyone is going off their mind. There's a couple who used to sit in front of us, probably in their mid to late sixties, would bring soup in a flask for every <laughs> half time. That's the sort of vibe it was. And I remember everyone just going mental. It was like a last minute away winner. 
like you'd expect to see from an away game. But in the East End, for me, it was ridiculous. It's just going absolutely yeah. crazy. And it's just, it was almost too, it was just perfect. It wasn't too Yeah, perfect. I mean, I think the, the old-fashioned, what people say about the ground rocking and the closest that I've ever seen that, really, if, if I think about it, was the Ipswich playoff final, uh, semi-final, totally, sorry. Totally agreed. Those that in terms games, of the yeah. two, you know, both night games, but in terms of every stand, like, giving it and willing the team on yep. and you know I know you felt we all, part of it didn't you you know going back to what we were saying about leaving and that and the atmosphere you know I've been to games where it's been like the Sunderland game in that season was freezing it was just no atmosphere but it's not going to be recreated every game but that last game every person in that stadium was there for that last game there was no I've just taken a geezer from work or no. I've got a couple of people you know every person wanted to be at that game Yeah, and for me just Getting close to the whistle, it was just one of them. Like, just like, just hurry up and blow the whistle. Yeah, yeah. like it was so. I didn't want it to end, but I wanted us to get the win. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? yeah. It was just magic, wasn't it? it was, there's no other yeah. words for it. You could wax lyrical about it all day. It was absolutely magic. And obviously, the referee does blow the final whistle, and it just felt right. It just felt like the perfect end to it all. I, I don't know what you felt. Afterwards, I mean, I was going to say the less said about the closing ceremony, the better. You know, I, I don't know whether or not a pitch invasion would have been a nice way to go or not. I don't, I don't really know. I thought the my favourite thing, and the, my favourite thing, if we talk about the positives of that closing ceremony rather than some of the perceived tacky negatives, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, just seeing Paolo Di Canio on a pitch again, Upton Park, yeah. just to be able to cheer Paolo one last yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, I think me, the... Like, that was my only thing with a Saturday. I think if it had been a Saturday game, you could have had... I was a bit disappointed that certain people weren't recognised more for what they'd done for the club mm. in terms of ex-players. Obviously, we'd had Noble's testimonial in that season. Yeah. So it was nice to see some other... like For me, especially 90s players, when people like Bishop rocked mm. back up. Yeah, and all that yeah, sort of Bishop. Barnett's still the same. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that was my only disappointment. But I also understand that you you can't get everything in as what you want. So nah, for what it. they done was yeah, was it it was hammering it down with rain by the end of it. You're right, it's a shame. You didn't Billy, need it, did it's you? It's a shame Billy Bonds weren't there. Yeah. He was another one and a turnaround because of the traffic and he didn't even get to the game. Mm. But you're right, yeah, Decanio, Trevor Brookin, the boys they bought out for the hammer of the years, I think yeah, there's some of them that I probably wouldn't have had there, but it was an easy way to pick certain people. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's obviously difficult to get everyone You've got 40,000 people there, so, you know, it's... I I think after that, I think you did... After the game, the way it went, you almost didn't need it, did you? Everyone could have just gone, right, see ya, that's that's it. Yeah, I think they could have done that video, what they'd done with Bobby Moore turning the lights out, and thank you very much. But then they weren't to know that was going to go that way, so fair enough. So, just before we we, we sort of sum up the whole, um, do our last little summary and say goodbye, what, you know, just tell me, what what were your feelings then, like, once the ceremony was over, walking out the ground, how did you feel? In all honesty, mate, it didn't sink in for a few days. We walked out the ground. We got a phone call from uh, the taxi driver, and he was like, I, "I can't get within three quarters of a mile of the ground." We'd stayed for a bit after the game, but they were very much look. We got people staying in the hotel rooms. You're gonna have to um, get out. But I remember getting home. I think it was about two o'clock in the morning. Went to work the next day, and I was absolutely buzzing, telling people about it. And the funny thing was, just before we left. 
people trying to rob stuff out of the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just it. like, it was unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. It was like um, te- tearing, uh, like tearing chunk, trying to tear chunks of the turf out, just kicking seats out. people trying like, to take seats. Um, I remember some, yeah, geezer nicking the sign, like the, just the toilet sign off of the... I mean, it's one stand, of them. Like the burger know, signs and all They that. wanted dough for it, so if anyone's going to nick I think the closest I've got, I think, one of the staff give me their tie and that was it. So that's my, uh, <laughs> that's, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? But, yeah. you know, it weren't, when it all kicked in was when I watched it back the weekend after mm. and I watched all of it, the whole game, the whole before the game and the after game and that's when I just sort of thought to myself, we're done, aren't we? You know, it's it's not, and I'll, I'll say now I, I haven't been back since. Not that I haven't got a reason to. Mm. Before they put the flats up, I might have gone back for a bit of nostalgia as well, like mm. I'm saying. I know there's events and stuff that they have around there, but... You didn't need to. I don't know. No. Do you know what I mean? We'd done the walk from the station. We'd done, you know, all of that bit was done. And I think, yeah, it was finished and that was it. But yeah. looking back on it now, yeah, what a night. No, what a night. Yeah, and I, that's what, so just to do it quickly, I remember the same thing. And I was, I was making sure all day that I just took it in. And what was important to me is that I didn't do anything differently. I wanted to. I wanted to do what I'd always done, and the tradition part of it was so important. Like going with granddad, going with dad. Yeah, it's nice. Like just yeah, to nice. do that. Those yeah. same people I've always gone with, and it's just it's it's part of your life, isn't it? When you go week in week out, and I, you know, I appreciate there's a million different types of football fan out there in the world, and all bring good and bad things. But if you're a if you're a match going fan, and it, and it's hard to describe this to to someone who's perhaps not. It's just it. It's more than just wanting your football team to do well every week, isn't it? It's just your life. You commit so much time and so much to yeah. it that, on good or bad. And I just remember walking out the ground and just thinking, you know what? Like this, you couldn't have written it better. No. And I'm still here with me, me dad and my granddad and yeah. my cousin who I'd gone with forever. I'm still here. We're still able to share this together. And this, beyond football, this will be something that I remember for the rest of my life and you know as one of the one of the greatest nights yeah. of, of my whole life and the greatest times of my life that you know the time and time we spent there and I think walking out the ground I just felt at peace all of a sudden because I was like you know what the, literally the perfect way to finish it you couldn't have written it better yeah I mean my first ever game we lost so I thought <laughs> it'd be my luck we'll, we'll lose the first time I've ever been in there and we'll lose the blimmin the but last one you but. know what there'd have been a romantic there'd have been a romantic thing about that as well wouldn't there but <laughs> don't know I, about that mate <laughs> I think, yeah, I, think uh, I say just, just before we wrap up then that's obviously the, the last game up to Park sad to see it go but we did still have one more game to play on our push for one of our most successful seasons ever so we've done the last game at Upton Park, Reese. We've touched on it enough there. I think we've hopefully we've done it some justice, but we still had a vital fixture against Stoke City away. And we were saying that the, the last game at Upton Park didn't end in what we would call classic West Ham fashion. Well, the season certainly did, didn't it? And if there was ever a more classic West Ham moment slash game, it, it was this. From yeah. just three games before, we were still thinking we were in good shape to get Champions League. 62 points going into the last game of the season at Stoke. And 
if we can get a win there, that would get us on 65. And if we had have got on 65, we would have ended up finishing finishing sixth. We ended up losing uh, away to Stoke, obviously, in you know somewhat disappointing fashion. And we end up coming seventh, 62 points, which incredible to think where they're at now. But that's one point behind Southampton, who finished sixth that year. Man United were in fifth on 66, and Man City also on 66 got into the fourth place for the Champions League. And it was just a real shame to to end it like that. But you know, overall, what a fantastic season we'd had. And seventh, it was disappointing because it meant Europa League qualifiers again. Yeah. But what were your thoughts? If you'd said, would we have got a win against Swansea and a win against Stoke? But lost against United at the last game. You know, hard I, question, you know that's hard one of them question. that I, I think in the end it was an unbelievable season. If we got anything at Stoke, it was the it was just one of them. I think the boys were already like holiday, thinking holidays. Yeah. The thing that made me laugh, and I touched on it earlier about us being on a stag do, but also I remember being on that stag do when United beat Palace, which then put us in Europe. Yeah. And we're all standing there singing, we're going abroad again. Yeah. And no one knew what we were talking about. Yeah. So, in the end, United winning the cup, us finishing where we did, it was perfect. It was. It's a shame we we couldn't have finished any of, like, beating our best record in the Prem, which is fifth. But, yeah. you know, it... I think it, you know if you could if you could write it the teams we beat that year and you know the games we won finishing seventh is still fantastic isn't it you know we haven't got anywhere near that since mate especially as we had a new manager that's where I start with I know new managers typically can come in and you know it, it starts well but we took a massive risk a massive risk in that last year and you know luckily enough for the owners it was it this was successful is, this is very true this is very true. Absolutely, you know, I've had a, I've, I've loved just reminiscing, thinking back and talking about it. You know, uh, again, it's almost a bit of a fairy tale in the seventh place finish, but that really doesn't tell the whole story. We had some fantastic games, some fantastic victories against teams who we we love to beat, and the the send off is is stuff of fairy tale. So this is it. It's going to be goodbye from us for now. But thank you very much for listening. If you've got this far, uh, me and James Jones are looking to broaden. We are West Ham this season anyway, and the platform that we've built it on. So you know this nostalgia series is something that me and Reese are really enjoying. It's something we feel passionate about. If you've enjoyed listening, please do let us know. It's we are underscore West Ham on Twitter and you know just just let us know there drop us a comment drop us a tweet the the podcast will go up on all the usual platforms if you listen to it on audio boom apple podcast spotify whichever one it is be able to get us now rate and review subscribe just leave us a comment i know it's one of those things that if you listen to a lot of podcasts people say all the time but it really does help so if you listen to it now get your phone out now as i'm listening (laughs) as i'm listening do it now put your phone out you pressed it yet it's easy to do go and rate review subscribe but do please we'd love to hear from you Uh, Let us know if you like this one. And more importantly, for episode two of the Nostalgia series, what season you'd like us to do next. You know, we've got a few ideas already ourselves, but ultimately it's about you if you enjoy it. So I've been William Pugh. It's William Pugh underscore on Twitter. And Reese, what's your handle? Mine is Reese WHU83. So that's Reese Bayliss on at Reese WHU83 on Twitter. Keep listening and just remember, we are all West Ham. Podcast Network.